Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Digging Deeper with Ben Leung. Let's go! Thank you guys for tuning in again to Digging Deeper. I also want to thank all the people that listened to the first episode of Digging Deeper, Conversations with My Dad, and for all of your positive comments and encouragement. Now, in this episode of Digging Deeper, I invited my friend and colleague, Dr. Razi Khan, to talk about growing up as second-generation immigrants in Canada. Razi is an interventional cardiologist here in BC, whom I admire greatly for his humility and integrity and also his sense of humor. We've known each other for about three years now, and we find we have a lot in common in terms of interests and particularly our upbringing with first-generation immigrant parents in terms of similarities, struggles, and some funny stories. So have a listen, and I hope you guys enjoy this. So I'd like to welcome Razi here today. Razi is of Pakistani descent. That's right. Yeah, um, both of my parents are Pakistani, and, uh, you know, just like Ben kids of first-generation immigrants. So. Yeah, so I think what we wanted to discuss today is some of our experiences growing up as uh, kids of uh, immigrant parents and some of the similarities and how it's influenced our lives and, and possibly our careers and some of the struggles as well. Bradley, Ab- why don't you go ahead? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think, I don't think I can recall a dinner or a night out where we haven't talked about this at some point usually usually there's a few drinks involved but uh Uh, more than a few drinks (laughs) and uh it gets a little bit touchy-feely sometimes it does it does but uh that's the only that's the only way i feel comfortable so (laughs) but i find uh when we do start talking about it we always say yeah you know what that's just like me or when i say something you concur and no i mean i was just mentioning this to a to a, a friend of mine about how so many of us basically go through the same experience. And I was just talking to her specifically about you. I mean, I think we were both uh, the children of immigrant parents who basically didn't come here with with very much uh, and who had to struggle and did well. But I think the way they define success was through their children in a lot of different ways. Um, and more specifically, how we did professionally. Yeah, I think because they had to struggle and may not have had the opportunities hand given to them, um, they wanted to make sure that their kids had every opportunity, especially in this land of opportunity that we think of as you know, Canada or North America. Um, and yeah, I find even personally that they were maybe trying to live part of their dreams through, through me. And, and their kids. And this even started with my mom putting me in piano at a really young age because she always wanted to play piano and making sure I played piano and, and doing my homework and doing all these extracurricular activities. I'm sure you had a similar experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if my parents... Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I do remember playing tennis as a child, and I remember specifically not going to tennis lessons or whining about tennis lessons and seeing the look of frustration on my parents' faces, you know, uh, because these things cost a lot of money. 
they make up a lot of time, which they didn't have. Uh, so, uh, I mean, yes, I, I, do, I do specifically recall them having, you know, very defined outlines of, of what we should be doing. Um, and in part, it was it was things like sports and extracurriculars. But more than anything, I think it was it was school, um, and not tolerating um, too much less than the best. Um, Actually, when you raised up, uh, what you just said about tennis, I find that surprising because you're a pretty good tennis player. So you're saying if you actually went to those lessons, you may not be a cardiologist. You could be playing professionally. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I had grown another like foot and a half, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but Destiny had other plans. So no, I mean, I, I, you know, when your parents are so vested in you, I think there's a natural tendency to fight whatever it is that they want to do um, for no specific logical reason um and so yeah i do think back at times uh, and i wonder you know I, I i feel like kicking kicking my own ass you know well i wonder so when you're growing up was there a pressure from your parents to pursue a, a professional degree i mean i think getting into university was obviously standard right that that, that wasn't an option graduating from <laughs> Graduating from high school is not deemed as an accomplishment. Well, you know what? That, that's a good. So I remember specifically graduating from high school and applying to all these universities. And I remember my friend's parents being super happy when they got into university um, and them like going out to dinner and celebrating. And I specifically remember when I got into Queens, where, which is where I eventually went. Uh, and showing my dad and he you know he was happy for me but he wasn't overly enthused you know the general assumption was that I was going to go to university um, and when I did I better do well. well I would think the general attitude was when you graduate from high school it'd be yeah and so what <laughs> what's <laughs> next um, actually, I remember my graduation convocation I think I was kind of doing really well academically and kind of maybe the top two or three. And when it came to the convocation and they were announcing the Governor General Award, which is given to the top grade 12 student, I think I was close, but it eventually went to a classmate who was Caucasian. Right. And um, we would come home and my parents would be like, oh, the principal's just racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah, I think that they were more involved with the achievement, um, right. uh, any achievement, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, so going back to um, whether you were supposed to be a doctor or a professional degree, was it, was there pressure from your parents to pursue that or you kind of just chose your own path in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination of things. I think what I always tell people, because I've been asked this question a decent amount, um, usually by other ethnic people, um, but I, I don't think that there was a push, but there was a, a general, um, I don't know, uh, maybe I could call it a push, but, but it, it wasn't like it was forced on me. At no point did my parents ever say, you have to go to med school, you have to be a doctor. Nobody ever said that. So, um, so where do you think that came from with you? Was that a internal drive or was there some kind of 
I think, still an influence, outside influence. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think my parents knew that I was interested in science. Um, and the most practical thing to do when you have those sorts of interests is to be a doctor. I mean, what else is going to provide you with a stable, relatively prominent position uh, that's well-respected and basically guarantees you decent income, for lack of a, a better word, um, for the rest of your life? I think two keywords you said, practical and safety. Right. I, I think being uh, kids of uh, immigrant parents, because they had to struggle, they wanted you to seek a path that was practical and safe so you didn't have to struggle. Right. And seeing a kid who is probably um, finding academic a bit easier, I mean, of course, they would want you to be doctor, dentist, lawyer, right. pharmacist, whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is different from possibly kids who are not uh, of uh, immigrant parents who maybe their parents would say, you know what? Whatever makes you happy. Right. Or choose your passion. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I never heard those words from my parents. No, I mean, I think happiness was important, but it was a secondary importance, you know? I think their happiness uh, supersedes that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and so I think the other thing that you brought up was right. Uh, so safety was a huge, huge thing. And I think in part, it was because they grew up with, I was talking about this with someone else too, someone who was not the son of an immigrant, um, who was from here, there was so much instability that they faced. Instability that they faced at home, instability that they faced at the workforce, um, instability that they faced in society in general. Uh, for example, my dad, you know, he was very, very well educated. Um, he went to, he did a master's at an Ivy League school. Um, and there were periods, you know, earlier on in his career where he he had a job, but, you know, he would at times be laid off um, and he would be trying to provide for a young family. Uh, and I think those factors influenced him um, profoundly and influenced his way of rearing us and my, and my mom too. Um, I think stability was first and foremost because they didn't come from a world where they had any. I think that was a huge, huge issue. More than, more than income um, and prestige, it, it, was, it was a matter of um, knowing that you would at least have, n not have to worry about providing, you know? But you know, actually that raises a good point because although our lives may have been deemed to be safer or easier than our parents' generation because they had to struggle, sometimes I wonder because me personally, I didn't have to struggle if that was uh, developed into a personal weakness of mine, where um, because it was a bit of a smoother path, if I were to encounter, and I have encountered you know, personal challenges or professional challenges, I may not be as well equipped to handle those challenges compared to them uh, because they had to overcome some more obstacles. I don't know if you've had that experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at times I did, but... You know, I, th I think you're right. I think we all have to deal with the struggles at a certain time point. They just had to deal with them much earlier on. So, um, you know, I, 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 think, I think I've been relatively okay in the way that I've adapted to things. 
Um, but you're right. I've never, I mean, it's tough for me to say. I've never had to deal with the struggle of not knowing where my next paycheck was, whether I wouldn't be able to you know, provide for my family. That, that never has, has um, I've never had to deal with that level of stress. So I would, I, I'd say I don't know. I don't know how I would adapt. I don't know how I'd react. Um, but looking back, do you wish you may have gone through some more personal struggles, maybe at a younger age? No, I'm a pretty delicate person. So <laughs> yeah, you are pretty. Sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Um, That's no, why we get along, actually. Exactly. Exactly. We bond on that level. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I wish that I'd gone through more struggle, but I wish that at times I had been a bit more independent. So. What I admire about, and I think, again, we've talked about this, what I admire about non, frequently non-immigrant kids who end up being doctors or are in similar professions is that they have made an active choice. They've had other experiences and have made a decision to go into medicine. Um, and, you know, what that means is that you've had external experiences um, you found out what you like and what you don't like. Um, and again, you've, you've had time to think independently. Um, and I'd say that's probably the thing that I regret the most that, yeah, maybe, maybe my parents didn't say you have to be a doctor, but like I said, there were external influences that were, that were guiding me towards that path. And I didn't really think about too many other things from, you know, 20 1920 onwards um yeah i would i would agree with that too i had a similar experience where a path was basically laid out or i guess a blueprint to where i needed to be and i'm very thankful for that blueprint but when i look back i'm like you know what did i ever choose anything really for myself and actually because of that that's why i have difficulty sometimes making personal decisions I yeah. mean, professional decisions, I'm trained to make professional decisions. That's easy. Yeah. But personal decisions, I do struggle with that. And um, I wish that maybe I was given the confidence to really make decisions on my own. I, I completely agree. And I think that other thing that happens when you don't think independently is that there's a natural tendency to be passive about everything. Passive about the way you live your life. You let things happen to you. Um, and I agree with you, like when it came to medicine, one of the good things was that there was, um, it was a stepwise, um, career. So you did medical school, you did residency, um, and then you went to fellowship and became staff. Um, and so there was, there was a very nice, natural stepwise progression, um, Unfortunately, the problem arises when you're in your personal life. You don't have that algorithm. Um, and if, like I said, you don't think independently and you're passive, um, I think at times you, you, don't really, you don't really make ideal life choices. I don't know if that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, I wonder too is, do you think the reason why we have difficulty making personal decisions as kids of immigrant parents is because we are so respectful to our parents that we've become almost ob 
too obedient or subservient and really trying to please them and make them proud. And because uh, I, I, I mean, I remember when I was training in, in McGill and I remember one of the staff cardiologists who's of Vietnamese descent, he, she said to me, um, you know, Ben, we're just a bunch of praise whores, <laughs> meaning that we live off other people's praise. And I certainly lived off my parents' praise growing up. I mean, that was a huge driving factor. It was like the biggest high or rush. So I don't know if you feel similarly about that. Or Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I would even go a step further. I think it was the only factor. Um, so, you know, I think, I think your parents' pride, again, amongst first-generation immigrants um, is paramount. Um, and it's tough for it not to be because, I mean, if you... I think we've all thought about it. All first-generation immigrant kids have thought about how much, um, how much our parents have sacrificed specifically for us. Their their whole lives have been dedicated for us, um, and so it's it's tough to make a decision that's not in correspondence or in concordance with their views. Um, because it's almost like you're you're spitting in their face in and some I, ways. I have to put in the caveat that I think this is our experience. I think I think you could have gone two paths where you could have been like us, obedient and right. trying to make your parents proud, and then you could have totally gone the opposite path, right. which is complete rebellion, right? And just living personally for yourself, right? Uh, I've seen those experiences as well. I have friends. too. We're not allowed to talk to those kids, though. So I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like they're usually outcast and not talked about. Yeah. Although you can't I, play ball hockey with them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, although I have to tell you, I don't know if you, you know, if I if uh, I should really go into this, but there was a my mom's colleague um, was a. A fairly prominent professor um, at McGill and she had two sons one who um, followed you know the typical path he became um, he went into finance related uh, sector um, and the other child had a lot of difficulty um, and he rebelled a lot he actually I think at one point he was like working as a laborer on some sort of farm somewhere um, and he was from Montreal and then he started this magazine with a few of his friends uh, in Montreal um, and initially you know he wasn't overly well respected in our tight Pakistani Indian community Indian Muslim community um, because he didn't follow that traditional path he didn't have a profession um, that was commonly accepted but slowly the magazine started doing better and better. What's that magazine called? It's called Vice. Oh, <laughs> really? So wow. he he he's one of the one of the three founders of Vice. But I always I always find that interesting because I know I could never have done that. I could never have. Is that true though? Because I just popped into my mind is that maybe he was able to detach himself from that track we were talking about ourselves and because of that he was able to think more outside of the box and creatively and that's why he was able to develop that you know thinking for you if you were not in that box of following this professional plan 
maybe you would have developed uh, something. Possible. It's possible. I mean, I think it's very tough to separate personal ambition from the ambition that your parents gave you. Uh, so, uh, I don't. And there's risks involved. Th- there are risks. And for every, like, one person who becomes a wealthy creator, entrepreneur, um, I think there's like five or six people who don't, you know, like I could name you quite a few people in the community who didn't, you know, who did rebel and did not do well. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's tough. I, I think it's, it's very, very tough to when, when there's very, very strong influences to go against that. And I, and I admire that in some ways. I actually, I do admire. I admire people who are able to choose their own path but work diligently towards their passion. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm pleased to do what I do, but if I was truly passionate, I don't, I, I would have to be honest and say probably not. Uh, I hope my patients aren't yeah, listening to this. Yeah, we'll have to edit that part out. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> um, No, I agree with you. I, 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 You're right. And I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that we often... Because we are, I don't want to use the word forced because that that sounds wrong to blame my parents for choosing this great career. But, um, you know, I don't know if we necessarily all have a a complete passion. That's the exact right word, the complete passion for what we do. Um, But, I mean, I I guess the other thing is how many people who actually have chosen their their paths do have that passion i think very the vast small percentage. yeah i think very the vast small. majority of people in their jobs they enjoy their jobs or they don't enjoy their jobs i think very few people love their jobs you know i have people tell when i they ask me what i do and i tell them they often say wow you must just love going to work all day how is it and i go it's like any other job <laughs> i have my good days and my bad yeah days. i mean i think the one thing I would say in medicine is that the highs and lows are more dramatic. So the highs of a, of a, of a good day, like making a person feel better. Um, you know, there's not a ton that can beat that. And I guess the counter is when, when things don't go well and your patient is not doing well, the lows are, are, are fairly bad. Um, so yeah, I don't want our listeners to think that we're whining yeah. or being ungrateful because I, I think both we've talked about this before. We're both very grateful for uh, the chosen, the career that we've chosen and what we do. Um, I still remember actually when I was growing up, when I was reluctant to kind of go to school and study hard, my dad would always say, uh, well, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to have to work hard. You can either choose to work hard now when you're young or you could choose hard to work hard later in life. Um, so he says, if I were you, it's probably easier to work hard when you're younger. Right. Relax when you're older. Your dad's a wise man. And I remember that. <laughs> My dad is a wise man. Yeah. Um, Your dad's a wise guy. And yeah. He knows what he's talking so, about. <laughs> um, one of the things I want to talk about is that as we get older and our parents get older, we sometimes come to a decision tree in terms of managing your personal life and work life and family life and I came to this crossroads about six years ago when I was out east training and I had had an opportunity to stay there in Toronto uh, to work and uh, I I personally wanted to stay in Toronto and my friends and 
uh, had an opportunity there and uh, but I came back for my parents and you know, it all works out in the end but the first couple of years was a struggle um, you mean you're in a bit different situation because you moved away from your family uh, three years ago now Almost three and a half. Um, I moved, uh, I was looking at my emails the other day. It moved June 4th or something, 2014. Um, and it's gone by fast, but uh, it has been difficult. Um, and yeah, you're right. I, I do feel the pull to come back home. And more importantly, I feel my mom's guilt and my dad's guilt, uh, uh, you know, on a, on a regular basis. They're usually pretty nice about it, but they do let me know. Um, they, uh, I think they're still sending my CVs to random hospitals in Ontario. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're gonna delete that out so that uh, our colleagues don't. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, but you know, I mean, although they may guilt you and whatnot, I still believe that ultimately they do want you to be happy, and if you choose to stay here for indefinitely. Um, I think obviously they would support that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think, I think my dad more so than my mom. I think my mom still um, hangs on to the hope that I'll move back a bit more so than my dad. My dad's actually said to me, you know, if you find a nice wife out here and make attachments, then the job ends up being or continues to be good. Then, then just stay here. My mom is, is less less open. By the way, we're going to uh, post your email and <laughs> a phone number for all the listeners. Yes. All 10 of them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All, all the ones that we know already exactly. who have my, yeah. yeah. Eligible bachelor. Of course. Of course. Yeah. This is actually my application for like the Bachelor Canada. So we're going to yeah. post this on uh, online dating. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Um, that's, that's like a whole other podcast, I think. So yeah, you'll save that for next time. Yeah. We'll save that for next time. Yeah. That's a more sad, depressing topic than the disappointments of my parents. Um, so no, I mean, yeah, I, I do just getting back to your topic of rebelliousness. Yeah. I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I feel it more now over the last 10 years, I'd say than, prior to that and in part it's seeing other people and how they interact with their parents um it's in part getting older and knowing that i have fewer opportunities and ultimately i have to make decisions on my own happiness that conflict with my parents wishes um you know i, th I think you know realizing that there's a finite amount of time that you're young um, also plays a huge, huge role in things. Um, and I, you know, to my, to my parents' credit, you know, they do fight me a little, but for the most part, they're pretty accepting. They're pretty accepting. At the end of the day, they just want me to come home for a little while um, and spend some time with them. Um, and that's, that's basically it. Um, my parents say the same thing, but they want weekly. Right. But right. it's easier because <laughs> they live locally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I appreciate that. And you know what? When I come home, uh, even for a week, if I like go out with my friends, I do get a, oh, do you have to go out, you know, this time? You're only back for such a short period. You know, I feel like I'm eight again. So 
Uh, you know, actually, we talked about that earlier at dinner, right? How uh, when I hang out with my parents, it's almost like I morph into this 15-year-old teenager. And uh, it actually bothers me. Does it? It actually bothers but me. But did you realize... awkward. Did you realize it or did someone else... Like, so did you independently think this is different or... Or is it because other people... I, I, I probably didn't realize it till maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. And um, more recently, um, other people have kind of commented. Yeah. Like my fiance mentioned it yeah. a couple of times and I noticed it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think that's something that probably I personally need to work on in terms of um, speaking to my parents like I'm an adult. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, and, and the problem is that, you know, until you say no and until you express your wishes, they automatically, or they have certain assumptions. Um, the one thing that was very eye-opening for me was last week when I was doing the podcast with my dad about his life, he told me the story was when he was 27 and my mom was the same age. They moved back to Hong Kong to be with their family and my dad's sister was sick at the time and I was like six months at the time and uh, he was working there and he said, oh, I couldn't, I didn't like Hong Kong anymore. And uh, so he bought a plane ticket for all of us to fly back, not discussing this with his parents. Yeah. And basically waited for his parents to go on vacation, bought the tickets. When they came home, he said, yeah, I'm moving back to Canada. Wow. And that was really eye-opening for me because he was 27 and I'm almost 40. Right. And if I was in a similar predicament now, I think I probably would have discussed things with my parents. Yeah. And and I asked him, like, did you not think that was your discuss with your parents? He's like, no, because ultimately it's my decision. Yeah. And I'm like, geez. Yeah. Why the, can the, I do that? The question is, how would he react if you, you know, hypothetically decided to move back to Toronto, for example, without telling him? Oh, he would. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but, no, I don't uh, think he would either. Uh, but he'd probably cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how he would react, but he he'd be disappointed. I mean, his dream is for me and my family to live in Abbotsford instead of Abbotsford. Right. So. Right. But he, in the same house. Yeah, yeah. or same yeah. area. Right. Yeah. Where we would have dinner. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There is a bit of a double standard. Um, you know, my my dad did move away from his parents um and then he he's you know moved to different cities and different countries for work related reasons um so yeah i mean they've they've made independent decisions um so yeah you're right i i do think it is a little bit I don't want to say, you say hypocritical for them to, to possibly, yes, to have certain expectations of you. Um, but you know what? I don't think we can ever understand their position because you and I are not parents yet. No, I mean, no. And that's something I hear too. Until you're parents to kids. Yeah. You don't know how you would react in this situation. You could say right now. Yeah. Oh, I want them to choose their own happiness. Yeah. I don't. I don't want them to choose. <laughs> no. I'm going to choose the happiness. Exactly. I know what's best for My them. My kids are going to be R&B stars or basketball players. Right. Right. Yeah. 
I'd have to if marry not in like Canada or North America, maybe in the Philippines. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we've had some good discussions here. Um, I wonder if there's anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up. Anything you can think of? Um, no, that was awesome, actually. That was good. You had fun? Yeah, that was really good, man. Um, so, yeah. So thanks, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, I'm just glad I got to be guest number two ahead of Vineet. So <laughs> I, I have precedent. I yeah. Oh, Vineet's just going to make us want to play golf. Mm-hmm. I think that's all he cares about. That is all he cares about. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in. All right, I want to thank Razzie again for joining us for the second episode of Digging Deeper. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And for those who are single uh, females, uh, please uh, direct message me and I will pass on gladly his personal contact information to you. Until next time, uh, take care. So- oh.